What's up, America? My name is Chris Sharada. Guys, oh. I have a beautiful guest here. I've been wanting to get him on this podcast for a long time. You know, it's been kind of hard, sorry, that I haven't been able to have one of these, like, guests over in a while. It's uh, due to COVID and everything, finding the right kind of people and getting those who want to express themselves. It's a little bit harder, and I get that. But I have car- I have a courageous friend here, Nico. Nico, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell the people who you are. Uh, what's up, America? I just want to say my name is Nicholas Hernandez. Um, I'm a Latino. I moved down to Easton recently. I was born in Ecuador, got my green card this September, and I've been very interested in politics and being uh, co-workers. We've discussed this a lot, and I think it's time that we get on this podcast and we talk about what you guys want to hear. Yeah, I know. And you know what, guys? I was extremely impressed when he came in. My man brought his own computer to have his own facts ready to go. Like, I'm impressed, dude. Of course. course. We're we're talking both sides. We're talking the good, the bad. And we're going to praise them where they deserve the praise. And we're going to criticize them at every part that they deserve that criticism. Hands down. Hands down. All right, guys. Let's get into into a little bit of the news and what we've been talking about. Like, dude, the failure of the Democratic Party. So, they can bomb Syria. But they can't even give you a $15 minimum wage. And we've already talked about this. We don't believe in the $15 minimum wage. Mm-hmm. But you know what they, they can do? They can just flick up a switch and just 33 days after Joe Biden's um, inauguration, uh, mm-hmm. they just follow the status quo. They don't care about you. It seems like they're more like keeping the empire going rather than keep worrying about the people inside. And that's my problem right now with the establishment in the Washington foreign elites. Of course, as we've discussed before, I am I strongly oppose the $15 minimum wage. I think that our purchase power is a lot more important than our salary. And I think that education is a lot more important than your salary. And I think that breaking out of uh, working under the big box stores is very important for us to progress as a nation. Uh, however, I think it is important to note If you're a politician being elected on a platform which you promise your voters, your constituents, these things, I think it is your 100% responsibility to follow through on every single promise you gave them or else how can you keep that confidence in the government? How can you keep that trust in the government to keep our nation together? We're already seeing calls for secession from Texas. What do you think about that? Well, the calls from secession, like, it's been going on for years now, but, like, people have been, since this whole pandemic, I think we've seen, like, both sides at this, like, this true value, that they're like, if you can't live with us, then leave or separate or move, and that's always been both sides, and you feel, as we've grown up, it's just, like, about gun laws or stuff, like, where you live on, like, if you're not happy with there, then move, and at first, like, I'm like, sure, maybe, I don't think we should separate first off, if, like, seceding from the union, like, a state separating, I think that weakens us. I think that's what Russia and China want. They, I believe that they influence it within themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly where the United States and it, the, our American philosophy is the culmination of different ideas to strive for freedoms. And I feel like we're moving away from that. But if we're, you, you already see it, attempts like the states of Jefferson, like parts of California, counties there believe that they're not represented by their own governance. Because like you look at about a population density in California, like it's all the Silicon Valley. And they, they basically get all the vote. And those rural communities, although they don't have the high density, it's a different way of living. They have different, they have the different needs, different rights. Mm-hmm. And so they feel like they're not represent, represented. So we're going to meet, we're going to already get in counties that want to form their own states. Like even in Oregon, they want to move to Idaho. 
it's just like you're gonna make the red states redder and the blue states bluer and does that really solve anything i don't think so it's to be honest but like if you look at her now i have it pulled up when we're talking about like what democrats fear the most it's trump supporters white nationalists then systematic racism so what are trump supporters aren't they americans yeah i i think it is very important to know how these big media corporations are creating hyperpolarization in our country and it's no longer about being americans together they're trying to separate us into groups the north the south the red the blue i think it's very important that we together join together under the idea of our flag our freedom and being american because we're a country that is a melting pot a mix of races we don't have the same bond that a, a racially homogenous country might have such as sweden they're all white there they're gonna have that bond that brotherly bond i think that our biggest core value our freedom is what needs to bring us together and i think that your point about russia and china is extremely valid i think that we need to focus on why these special interests keep polarizing our nation and what's in it for them and honestly it it's basically we're even like when we were looking talk more about like when we were talking about bombing Assyria, the united states they're harboring other countries in order for oil just to for hard power because in the threat we have russia there they're trying to come after us they're trying they you already know what they're doing in within their country and within their people same with china but the whole world is run on money and these these, four, these establishment players just want to keep the empire going and so we're harboring places like syria bombing these people that most of these people in our in our country we don't know about and a lot of people if they heard about it i i get you i bet you a lot of liberals will say what the hell are you doing this is not okay mm -hmm. but we don't care about the special interests of people it's all about money and fear so like in on your point of where like the um on the uh how media starts to polarize us because they want to generate fear like after Trump talked about his seat on during his CPAC, I have this pulled up. Like CNN comes up with an article, Trump unleashes new threat to American democracy. And if like if you watched his CPAC in the, uh, the other day, it was just basically him just saying, uh, "I won a third time," or they're gonna win a third time, like queuing up his like next election. But like, we're starting to like demonize each other, and I don't think it's going anywhere. And I think the real problem, and I think this is where you're seeing a lot of like populism from the left and the right now. And hopefully, if we just get rid of this cancel culture, I think these two groups of people, although they don't have the same ideas of how to solve the country, they believe that the United States people are being screwed over. Mm -hmm. And we just have to, like, become, I don't know, like, be m more Americans and look at, like, put these politicians more responsible. But, like, the media is not doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, you're talking about the hyperpolarization, especially around Syria, the Syrian conflict and the conflict in the Middle East. And as I mentioned before, we talk about these special interest groups. Why is the media not talking about the, the pipeline going from Qatar to Turkey, pumping the natural gas? Why are they not talking about Syria formally requesting the U.S. military to leave the country? This is what they care about. It's about the money, the power, and the control. It's, it's the geopolitics. That's why they're fighting these proxy wars in Yemen and, and these other countries. And... This isn't even just the establishment Democrats. Trump participated in this as well. Trump sold weapons to Saudi Arabia 
which I strongly am against. Saudi Arabia. They fund ISIS. Yeah, we should not be supporting Saudi Arabia. This is all about the money and power for them. And I think it's time that people wake up and see that they use these social justice issues or just issues in general, such as terror. Right. They love using terror to get you to do what they want. They want to secure the natural gas and stop, cut off Russia from having that natural gas. But I don't think this is the way to do it. And yeah, they're killing people in Russia. So the, this is the problem with that whole Syria thing. And I'll go a little more explanation. Maybe those who haven't listened to it or heard about it before, I'll give you the, the rundown. So the United States, as we are with other EU powers, we want to stay and have our own dominance in specifically Russia. We're actually still in a Cold War, in my opinion. It's just this it's this fifth generational. But the whole thing is, Qatar proposed many, uh, I believe like six years ago, they proposed a pipeline that would go through Qatar, Jordan, Syria, and all these other countries there uh, around the area. What they want to do is if they propose, if they create this pipeline, it will cut off the Russia's transport of oil into the EU because Russia funds a lot of the, um, supplies most of the oil and natural gas into the EU. That's a huge part of their economy. It's, I believe it's 40% in oil and 30% all in the EU. If we actually built this pipeline, that would put Russia's economy in, in jeopardy and lower their power. That's what the United States wants to do. They want to put them at bay. But at what cost? We're killing people. We're harboring in northern Syria. We're, we're burning down crops and taking whatever oil if we can't get it. And we're putting these economic sanctions on people and they're actually dying. And it's like honestly disgusting. And like you know what the media does? They don't care about this. They don't talk about this. The thing we'll talk more about is about Cuomo. Cuomo this, Cuomo that. His new sex scandals. And I, I believe, whatever, he respects the due process. But they're just trying to hide the fact about this huge Syria thing. They're hiding the fact with this whole Cuomo scandal about even the nursing home deaths. And not even just his nursing home deaths. The other politicians across the country, these governors in democratic areas who put COVID patients in nursing homes. They're just hiding all of that. And they, it's honestly disgusting how the media manipulates people and mm-hmm. and they just play the semantics, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think this Middle Eastern issue, I was fine. I was hoping for a resolution of this Middle Eastern issue with the policies that Trump pu- uh, was pushing after Bolton left, after right. they, they shifted from this more aggressive policy to peace through strength. I was really hoping for that. And I think that a very important point to bring up to anyone who may be denying that the media is trying to to twist this or trying to get the American people to support this, you can see after 9-11 and the war on terror was launched, we went into the countries, which these terrorists did not even come from. We went into the countries that had the oil and had the resources that we needed because if you see the terrorists came from Saudi Arabia... right. And we sold weapons to Saudi Arabia. We supported Saudi Arabia. It's not about what is good for the people. It's about what is good for the power. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it too. And like, you're right on that point where like we're bombing countries that have nothing. It's this whole concept of bombing for peace. And we're going to ruin the whole Abraham Accords like Donald Trump went to do. And we've had this historic peace across the Middle East. But, like, this whole thing of bombing other countries and then just masquerading, like, that, what? They were in Afghanistan for this is Syria. Um, the Syria attack was based off of an Afghanistan base that had a U.S. diplomat and uh, an Iranian-backed militia attacked them. 
So if it's an Iranian-backed militia, why are you bombing? Why are you bombing Syria? It just doesn't make sense. But the media doesn't want to play it. And like uh, here, I have pulled up is just like uh, on my screen. I have Jen Psaki, like the House Secretary. It's like she goes. Also, what is the legal authority for strikes? Assad is a brutal dictator, but Syria is a so sovereign country. This is what in 2017. This is when President Trump bombed them. Or or you get even Kamala Harris, the biggest clown of all. I strongly support our men and women in uniform and believe we must hold Assad accountable for his unconscionable use of chemical weapons. But I'm deeply concerned about what the legal rationale of last night's strikes were. The president needs to lay out of the comprehensive strategy in Syria in consulta uh, consultation with Congress, and he needs to do it right now. So they didn't consult with Congress. Now these people are in positions of power. The, the media doesn't even ask these questions to them. Because you don't get real journalists. The CNBCs, the CNNs, they don't ask real journalism. They don't ask these tough questions, but we can't even put these uh, politicians accountable. I'm like, uh, like this is the back to the fifteen, the fifteen, um, fifteen dollar minimum wage thing. I don't believe in it, but most Americans do. Most Americans are Democrats now, and they, they've been. There's a hard push for fifteen, but you you see these politicians, they play to the people, and they say, oh, we'll give you the fifteen. Oh, they give you the fifteen, and now when they put the fifteen on the floor, and they say, oh, we can't do it because we don't, we can't break parliamentary standards. I'm like, well, you have a person who's unelected, Kamala Harris who is the president of the Senate, who is allowed to override the parliamentary powers to actually have a minimum of $15 for all, but they won't do it because they're just playing to the masses. And I I guess this is more probably towards our, we're leaning now towards like the COVID bill, but mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, what do you think about that? Like, um, Before we f fully shift to, to the COVID bill and, and focus more on the $15 minimum wage, I, I, I think it's important to note here from newsweek.com, it says... Um, that although the ISIS physical caliphate has been mostly defeated, an estimated 600 to 900 U.S. troops remain posted near oil and gas sites across regions under Syrian democratic forces, which have recently engaged in clashes with Syrian forces as an effort to reconciliate the two fa factions failed. I, I think it's ridiculous that we have six to nine hundred of our boys over there and girls defending oil fields in a sovereign country this is an invasion why does the united states get to invade a country just because that country is weaker than them what right do we have to but be joe there? biden comes out and he says it's it's for defensive it's a defensive move and then he says he's his, in his legal authority it's like, no, who puts these people accountable? The UN's not going to do anything. And just like... The UN never does anything. I, I, I think that the UN is is, is ridiculous. It's they, a scam. Like, think about it like this. You have the five powers because of the start of after World War II when they recreated it. And, like, no one's talking about the, the Uyghur Muslim genocide. No one brings it up to the UN. The UN doesn't do anything about it. Like, they're, not gonna, they're not gonna they're not gonna prosecute themselves exactly it's very difficult to get someone to prosecute themselves so at what point is america not truly like the dictators of the world we have the power in reality where we're just controlling all these people's lives we're destroying these like these democracies some because i believe assad was actually pushing democracy in the beginning but we influence we started influencing our and they said no and russia back and now russia's backing them and they're not going to go against russia Absolutely. What what right do we have to say that 
China needs to be stopped in their encroaches in, in the South China Sea when we're doing these things in the Middle East. Right. I, I think that we really need to look at what our military is doing. It's hypocritical. And I, as I've said before, and, and but let's just move into the COVID bill because this would be a whole other discussion, but next time we, I'm on the podcast, I think we should talk about nuclear power and how a lot of this conflict could be avoided by nuclear power. But that's all I'm going to say. Well, guys, if you like Nico and you want him on here more often, please hit the like button, leave a comment, and also share this video out with friends. So I got to plug real quick, but this is... I, I believe this is some heavy stuff that people need to hear and listen about and get more information about because we're not I don't I want to say we're experts in this no we're just guys who are reading the news we're trying to like consume it and understand what's going on but this is something that I think Americans are being this is this is hidden from our eyes and I think we need to do something about this but um all right like guys let's go more on to the COVID-19 uh, the COVID-19 America rescue plan finally passed by the house and a lot of people are claiming having this problem more about like is it actually going to the americans instead of foreign aid or to whatever because you know you know the problems of the last time like that last covid bill like, for right or wrong reasons like what, to what 10 million went to gender studies pakistani gender studies or like a lot of it went into like construction of like oh, museums and stuff like that how does this benefit the american people and now, on Twitter, you see, like, now it was trending, oh, that 9% of the $1.9 trillion package is actually going to American people. So, we're going to go with USA Today's fact check and kind of, like, read what's going on and what they say. So, I'm just going to go from here. So, the American Rescue Plan. The signature initiative thus far in President Joe Biden's tenure has passed the U.S. House, sparking new renewed debate over what exactly is the $1.9 trillion package. Democrats are representing the mammoth bill as a response to the coronavirus pandemic, which has claimed more than 500,000 lives in distributed business, and schooling and personal lives on every conceivable level. Republicans say it's a port-stuffed wish list that's been opportunistically rammed through a Democratic-controlled Congress. It's not like we haven't seen that before. But there has been a, all, led to all manner of claims on social media, including that of the 9%. So, what is it? Let's take a closer look. So PolitiFact mostly true claim that conservatives stand for America that the bill contains unrelated projects. Examples cited from the fact check include a 1.5 million bridge connecting New York and Canada and a 100 million underground rail project in Silicon Valley, 480 million for Native American language preservation and maintenance, 500 million in environmental justice grants, and the bill would also raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour and change pension funding rules. They might have to get rid of that 15 million, but like like, this is the problem that I have. If this is a COVID bill that's actually helping people and trying to benefit people, why is there only to, like, what? You're, you're putting into bridges, you're putting into infrastructure? We can't be doing this right now. Like, it's $1.5 Oh, hold on one second. All right, guys, sorry about that. We had a special guest coming, my mom. Um, but uh, <laughs> we're going to try this again. This is actually the third time trying to restart from the break because the first time... My microphone is muted again, you know, but like, all right, I caught it. I caught it. So sorry, Nico, you're hearing this in the, probably the third or fourth time you're saying this, but we have this 1.5 million bridge going. we got this 100 million underground railroad project, 480 million for Native American language, and 50 million for environmental justice and so forth, and plus the 15 minimum that they actually have to cut from the bill because they can't actually pass it in. How? Oh, no. 
Tell sorry, me. Come, I'm sorry for cutting you off. As I'm reading this USA Today article, I I need to look into this a little a little bit more. But here it says, economic injury disaster loan advance grants up to ten thousand dollars per business. I think that is absurd. Ten thousand dollars per business? business? What if the business was failing? That is absurd. If you are, let's say you're a restaurant, or you're 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 a family business. You've been closed for eight months while Walmart is raking in the money and the government tells you that you can get up to $10,000 on loan advance. For most businesses, that doesn't cover a month of expenses. And the fact that even although it is important to know only 1%, which is about $10 billion, is going to foreign affairs... Why are we diverting money to foreign affairs while our businesses are struggling? The small business is the backbone of America, and this country only works because of our small businesses. A hundred percent, and I think this is why I kind of want to talk more about this $15 minimum wage thing. Now, that $15 minimum wage, that's what the big businesses want. They want to pay the because they can they can, they have the money to subsidize those workers whether they might cut hours or they might not fifteen dollars a week like the Amazons right in the world they have the money to actually fund those workers you know who doesn't it's the mom and pop shops the ones that they don't care about so how is like a small in company like just your local um uh, your local little grocery store how are they going to be able to subsidize your local people? They're not going to be able to. They're not going to be able to afford it. The thing is, it, it doesn't matter whether these companies can subsidize the pay for the workers because we've we've already seen it. I, I'm pretty sure you've seen it as well here in Massachusetts. Recently, the minimum wage went up over over Christmas break. The minimum wage went up from twelve seventy five up to three fifty, and right. we're already seeing the impacts of, of rising prices. Oh, milk's already yeah. up a dollar and twenty. I think my most notable, well, the one that I that I noticed was at Dunkin' Donuts. Gotta love Dunkin' if you're Bostonian, but at <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts they have the two bacon, egg, and cheese on croissant. They used to be for five dollars. Last time I went there, almost seven dollars with tax. Damn. I think. What? Why does it matter if your wage goes up by a dollar? If the price of everything goes up by a dollar, it just decreases your labor. It's because the fact that economic literature has not been taught or no, not literature, literacy has not been taught in schools. Has people focused on the amount of money I make is determined by the amount of hours I work. And this number means everything to me. The $15 minimum wage, I'm sorry, it will do nothing for you. It will make all our lives harder. You will see inflation going up. Not even necessarily inflation. It's just the purchasing power of the dollar. Mm-hmm. Back 40 years ago, minimum wage was what? Like three bucks an hour? Right. But that was enough to buy your goods? Right. If the, if the minimum wage keeps going up, it doesn't matter. It's about creating jobs which have more return on them because then those dollars are going to be worth more money. If you, The more you output, the more it's going to be worth. But if you're sitting at a cashier 
every day waiting for the establishment politicians to drop you a higher minimum wage you're waiting for nothing you're you're waiting for social for social welfare right you're a slave to the government and that's and that's why i don't get what with a lot of more pe- liberal minded people with like adhering to these conditions and these lockdown restrictions that are basically more infringed upon your own rights but the big the wall street companies these other big companies these corporations their special interests are the ones that take a need and this is where i was talking about earlier like they only want to sustain the empire they only want the people the, what they deem as making enough money or that will keep us going that's what they care about they don't care about us so they say to you stay stay locked in you have to or like when they apply try to like COVID rates are going. We're doing a lot better with COVID. A lot less people are dying. We're treating. Uh, we're getting better at how to treat it. But they're trying to instill this fear with young people. They're saying, like Fauci says, we might not get back until this time next year. Or like, like what are we gonna do? We have to have some sort of optimism. We have to have this whole American first policy. We have to like bring it back, and we're losing that. Mm-hmm. So, I think that. Um... Sorry, I'm, I'm reading here about the split of the COVID bill. Mm. Oh, but we can talk about the good thing about it that kind of went, went under the radar that we uh, undiscovered the other earlier. Yes. Yep. So uh, the ACA, a lot of people that have problems with that, you know, you know, Obamacare. Um, a lot of Republicans, I, I guess they're not a fan. Would you say? As I don't know. How, what, what do you What do you personally believe about like healthcare in general? Do you? I think that regulation is very important for privatized healthcare, but I think that it is important to keep private healthcare to incentivize companies to give you better deals, better healthcare. Because if we all go under one government plan, no other option, there is no incentive for changing. That's what capitalism is all about. Right. Creating a better product at a better price point or else you're going to lose. That's that's simply it. And as you're saying, I, the, what we discovered earlier, I think it's very important to note that the Democrats are making extraordinary changes, which I support for the next two years and possibly permanently my problem is with this whole like opt-in or opt-out version of healthcare is that what's on i guess this is maybe more of a conservative view but like on, on the free market like if you get if 126 million people are on in on private health insurance those people if if you have this government the government subsidy of healthcare, if it's going to be so much cheaper it's going to undercut these companies and a lot of companies will fold what if these companies go out of business? So that means uh, that could meet, make more people go on to health on the government's health care, which will make more expensive. That's my only fear. But I do believe that the government has to have some sort of manipulation because we can't allow these drug prices to go up. Like I believe what, who's that guy for um, insulin, right? He like increased it by two hundred percent. And how how could he do that? There was the the HIV drug. The guy he raised it by nearly eight hundred percent the price the price of the drug, and that's when there was public outcry. But the the major issues with i think especially conservatives who are very close to laissez-faire capitalism that they say that the government does not have the right to 
price fix or regulate private institutions because that's their patent they created this right but i think that we need to consider when it's people's lives at stake the government does have to come in and and do something about that because they can't create a system where either you pay for this drug or you die right and And, i agree yeah there's no other option so i do think regulation is very important for that no i do believe in like that we should have probably a government form of healthcare. I was just, those are more just like my concerns. What could happen? Um, but like, all right, let's talk about more of like the, um, the changes here. So from NBC news, these ACA changes have really flown under the radar and not attracted major opposition from Republicans said Larry Levitt, executive vice president of the health policy of the Crazer foundation. The biggest ACA related item in the rescue plan, the house passed last week, would address one of the most persistent complaints about the law among customers and political opponents alike. Sky-high premiums for people who don't qualify for for federal tax credits to help pay them out. The tax credits can go a long way for those who qualify. In many cases, it's possible to find a plan with zero premiums. But everyone making more than 400% of the federal property line, 51520 for an individual, falls off a subsidy cliff and has to pay full price. Can you explain to them more what that means? So that means if you make more than fifty, what is it, fifty-one thousand dollars a year? Yep. Then you must pay full price for the current uh, ACA plan, and what then follows up is saying that people who make less than a hundred. Uh, I was thinking it was a. Oh yeah. hundred fifty. hundred fifty percent of the poverty line, they are expected to pay zero dollars in premiums, but. Sorry. So basically, the, if, if if you're on this government health care plan, depending on your income, if you make more than if more than fifty one thousand dollars, you're basically paying for the full price of the of their of the government uh, health care. If you make if you're one hundred fifty percent below the poverty line, which is nineteen thousand, so if you make less than nineteen thousand three hundred twenty or equal to, you get to pay zero in health care. So if you were um, a student. If you were getting out and you make less, you could probably, if like if you're getting out of college, you could probably get free governmental health care up to a certain point. So, and, and it varies just within the range. Between that 19000 to $51,000, you are depending on where you fit on that income line, you're paying a cert, at a certain rate. But that's of how much, at the certain rate of how much of the government health care you're going to end up paying. So this is actually very good. It helps a lot of lower income families. Um, I, I, I think this is, for those with lower incomes, the bill would in both boost incentives for states to expand Medicaid by having the federal government pick up the new tab for new re- recipients, which is good during like a pandemic. People shouldn't be paying high, uh, high amounts for grandma's, grandma's bill at the hospital during this pandemic when most people are being forced not to work. To be honest, I, if these states in like in Democrats like if the, if the, they're in these states and they're being forced to stay at home or if their business is not being allowed, then I think the government should be responsible to take care of these people because they're restricting their freedom. So I I think this is probably beneficial for these states that are suffering or getting getting out of these lockdowns and who've received most of the impact of the uh, pandemic. It's only supposed to last for two years, um, but it, the article does say that the Democrats are trying to push this for permanent down the line. But I, I think this is really good for us. I think we're... We can benefit from um, from this. 
What do you think? Uh, I think it's very important. I think you're very right. Uh, something that I do note here is 12 states, including Florida, Georgia, and Texas, have refused to accept Medicaid dollars through ACA, and that it is unclear whether the bill would affect their calculations. Um, and I also think that it is important to note that the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and top lobbying groups representing insurers, hospitals, and doctors have all endorsed the measures. And these measures align with Biden's economic plan and bringing the promises that he promised the voters. And I, I support that. I think that's important. Yeah, I know. I feel like I, I shit on him too much. So I actually have to say, good job, Biden. This is actually probably something good. Um, please, I, this is the thing. Like, I guess I put more criticism on the Democratic Party because this is the time where you have all you have all the power right now. You have the presidency, you have the House, you have the Senate. So actually enact some change if you want to. Do, and this is the kind of benefits I like to see. I don't want to always talk negative about these people, but this is where I want. I guess this is the America First um, policy that brought me against like maybe supporting more of Trump because it is bringing the America First. It's like no, this 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 is an America First policy, and I. I think that it should be an America first policy. It should be Americans first, not just America, Americans. Exactly. And this says that uh, the additional subsidies would cost $34 billion and ensure an extra 1.3 million people by next year. That is great to hear. Very happy about that. And another thing that I think could really help with these drug prices is if the government creates a very good healthcare option and we get a large amount of Americans on this healthcare option and rather than let's say to please, not necessarily please, but to respect the capitalism ideas of the government can't tell private business what to do. If we get enough Americans on a good healthcare policy and we go and tell these healthcare companies, this is the price we're paying for that drug we're not paying another price, so you can either do business with us or not, or not yeah. then that's how we can incentivize change. And that is what capitalism is. It's yeah. You must provide the people what the people want or else your business is going to fail. Stop with these government bailouts of these big companies who are too big to fail. Let them fail. <laughs> we, might, we may struggle. But they need us more than we need them. Yeah, they, they need, need us, us more, more than we need them. If, if change is going to happen, it's going to be for the good. Yeah. And if it doesn't happen, then those companies are going to have hell to pay. And we Americans, we may have hell to pay. Yeah. But I'd, ra I'd rather live in a country where the businesses serve us and we don't serve the businesses. I 100% agree. That's why I like... <laughs> now, dude, I get PTSD. But, like, that's the same thing about, like, when the whole uh, Wall Street bets thing happened. And against the hedge funds and everyone was like buying into the stock and they, everyone held the line because they said screw the wall street screw the establishment because we are the ones who want to benefit and you're always profiting off of our failure and that's at the end of the day that they just they leech off of us and we kind of have to give it to them or we're, we're, we're socialized to give it to them and it, I, i'm sick and tired of this i'm sick and tired of it and it's like I don't know. And the the more the more Americans that can be under health care and receiving what they need, the better and I really hope that the Democrats keep pushing plans like this. Although 
please stay away from socialism. Social welfare, that's something else. But please stay away from socialism. They don't even know what it is, basically. They just want things. And, like, all right, I guess from now, we don't need to talk about more of the news, yeah. but we can just talk about, like, the culture and everything that's going on. Dude, after today, I was looking all downstairs during my classes for Dr. Seuss books. Just trying to find if I freaking had the right one. Dude, I saw on if you guys go go follow me on Twitter, um, CR underscore WUA. And I read the picture, just like, Amazon's like 699 for for one of the books. I forgot. There was like six books of them. They're like going for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I'm like, oh, that's free freaking money. Honestly. It's like, it's, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? I think it's, you, okay, so although I am responsible of doing this, I think it's important, not in all situations, but in certain situations, you can't judge what was acceptable in that time's culture with what is acceptable now. Because if you judge every situation based off what is acceptable now, then you're going to be canceling everything. Well, sorry, sorry to say, it will be. Exactly. And this whole thing of, like, canceling books. It's, like, something about, like, the Majunian Canaan. Like, how can you cancel a book from being created? Like, I get it. I, whether there's racial insensitivity or not, and I saw the pictures. I don't think they're racially insensitive. I think they're fine. Um... I don't, it's been created for like how many years now? It's been a part of like, I believe Michelle Obama was like dancing with, um, dancing with Dr. Seuss characters. Like, I remember that. Like, I don't understand why this is coming about now and how this is like this big deal, but like it's happening. And I was just like, at what point are we not just kind of like looking for racism or like, I don't know. So let me see the let me, like. Let me show the viewers like the photos. Doctor Seuss. Yeah, please pull them up. Like it's honestly like it's it's been gone there for how many years and they haven't been called racist. It's like the I believe one of them was on the the, the zoo or the Chinese man. There was a picture of a Chinese man and it was just in traditional clothing and they automatically assumed it was something racist. I was like, what? How can you have that? It's like... Oh, this one. You have it pulled up. Here, yeah. Like, sorry guys, I gotta tilt the camera. But like, look at That's just a picture of a Chinese man. What, he has noodles? Like, is that racist? Is that really racist? Can I, can't I just draw... Isn't that probably traditional clothing? Like, I don't, I don't believe that's ignorance at that, at that point. Like, come on. Like, can we not draw and this is i, I kind of made this point to someone earlier the other day like why are we canceling everything that has to do with people of color and don't get me wrong there's some to argue with there's some like the i guess the washington redskins like they have some sort of racial background to it like being called a redskin like obviously i don't think that's okay but like there's there i feel like things are now being targeted for race and that people are looking for things and it's not really about and it's honestly starting to create this division. Like you saw, did you hear about like the Coca-Cola thing about like their diversity training saying mm-hmm. how to be less white? You have to, be, you have to see, you have to have like a white, a white, uh, a white awakening. It's like, or like what you were talking about the other day, tell the people about the people, uh, the new school system in Sacramento and what they're doing to these kids. Yeah. So before I move into, uh, what they're doing in Sacramento, I think that it's important to know. I, okay. To the viewers, 
millionth time I've said it's important to know, but a lot of things are important to know. So what I want to say is that if like if 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 you choose to read these books to your children, then that is your decision. You don't have to read these books to children. If what what right do we have to remove these books that have been around for a long time and they were socially accepted? If you don't want to read this book to your children, then don't read it to your children. I read the Dr. Seuss books growing up. I'm pretty sure I'm not racist. I think that it's it's a it's a it's a cartoon book. And if you teach your children, oh, this may be how it's stereoty- stereotypically depicted. You can't shelter your child. You have to let them understand this may have been socially acceptable in the past, but it is not socially acceptable now. This is just a, a book, a cartoon for little kids. As long as you teach your children the right morals. And doesn't racism have to have intent? Doesn't it? It does have. It has to have intent. Is there any intent? Like I'm pulling up this photo of like of the, of the Chinese boy. Like this is what it is. It's like, does this truly have any intent? No, it doesn't. Or like when the other day, like when I talked about to my viewers, like the Cracker Barrel, like someone tries to make up that the that the whip in the crack there's a, like there's a curl on the logo, and that it, it represents a white man and its whips, and that they used to put the whips in the barrels because they the cracker meant like the cracking of the whip, like it's just. That's not true. You're just making it up. At what point are we are we gonna look at things for what it is? I don't know. It's this insanity that we're living in, and honestly, it's it's to this point where like, where is the unity at? Another way that this craziness was highlighted was all the scandals with celebrities' old tweets. Oh, have for you, the cancel you, culture and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the tweets. All these things were socially acceptable 10 years ago. And especially even if they weren't fully socially acceptable, these people were younger, immature, right. maybe didn't really understand the connotations of all that they were saying. So I think that context is very important to look at. Context Although is context a huge... is not a complete excuse for your actions. Because even if something is socially acceptable, right. you know whether it is morally right. right or not. And an example of that is the 1994 crime bill. But we don't have to get into that right now. Yeah. Um, I actually got to wrap this up a little bit because um, my, ki- my charge is not charging. But um, so, guys, well, Nico, thank you for coming. Um, I... This is going to be a first of many. I think we're going to start brainstorming a little bit. I think actually maybe we're going to plan some projects out mm-hmm. and maybe do some things. Maybe some on-the-ground work journalism eventually one day. But um, once, once, I, you guys are going to start seeing him a lot more. So um, thank you, Nico, again. And um, you got anything else to say? or? Yeah, I just want to say uh, thank you for hearing me out, guys. I know today might have been a little bit more disorganized on my part. My ideas were just flowing freely, but can make sure next time really get a plan down and we can take even tips from you guys what what do you want us to talk about and i just want to say thank you for having me and thanks for listening america yeah thank you